Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast, your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, the founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to our second episode this week. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me, as always, is Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. I told you guys Brooks would be back next week. I'm going to go ahead and say that now so people aren't like, why is Brooks not on this episode, too? So, Brooks is going to be back next week. He is, uh, he's got a lot of work stuff going on right now, so he's not going to jump on here. That we know of. Brooks can always surprise us, so who knows. But for right now, it's just me and Kenny on here. And we don't typically do this. If you're an avid listener of the show, you know we typically don't break down every game. That's not. It's kind of an impossible thing to do if we're breaking down every Especially game. Especially over the next few months because they're going to be playing so many games. Yeah. We'll be doing four podcasts yeah. a week. Right. I think they have something like five games over the next week or some crazy like they play Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. So they they've got a ton of games coming up. So this is not uh this is not an every game thing. Do not expect that. But we know there's been a lot of negativity surrounding the program. That's, you know, over the past couple weeks there's been a lot of negativity. And this week has brought some good news. Jordan Nesbitt enrolling early. And then the biggest news of the week, one of uh, I think a lot of people have said this already one of Penny Hardaway's best wins as a head coach at Memphis against Wichita State. I know he's had wins against better teams, specifically Tennessee, Houston. He's had some nice wins. But as far as a win that he needed this badly, I don't know if Memphis has needed a win this badly since Penny Hardaway uh, has taken over the program. So Memphis goes into this game against Wichita State coming off of a loss against Tulsa, a one-point loss, the second time they had lost to Tulsa this season. Um, so they've lost the two games by a combined eight points. Wichita State, on the other hand, sitting at second in the AAC coming into this game following a 19-point win over that same Tulsa team that Memphis could not beat in either game. Wild. And Mif- <laughs> It's wild. And then Memphis hands Wichita State their worst loss of the season. Memphis gets a 72-52 to win over the team that was ranked second in the conference, had a 4-1 and conference record coming in this game, played Houston very tight, only lost by seven. Uh, Kenny, how how shocked were you by this game? Well, I mean, obviously, no no no, no pun intended. I was there. shocked about the shockers. Um, I mean, <laughs> you know, I I don't know if shocked is the right word. I was impressed. I, you know, you know, we have over the last um, you know few months since the Tigers have started playing. You know, every podcast has been. You know, you try to you try to take the negatives and take the positives and break it down without any kind of bias or anything like that. And there's been, if, if anybody is going to, you know, any tiger fan or anybody is going to be honest with themselves, this has been a, 
somewhat disappointing year because of some of the trends that we've seen in the Tigers this year. Um, and so, you know, we, one of the things that we talked about that in the podcast that dropped this latest podcast, Tiger, the uh, Tigers in 20 episode is that we wanted to see if the Tigers could um, have a sustained attack, have a sustained amount of success and take a win, take a team when they get them down by six or seven or eight and extend that lead out and just kind of put their foots on the throat of the the opponent, you know, because a lot of times you would see just these ebbs and flows in the game. And and you saw that with the Tigers team. They were up by six again at, at halftime against Wichita State, and they came out. The first 12 possessions of the second half were some of the most impressive basketball I've seen in the Penny Hardaway era. And, and it was simple. That's the thing. It wasn't some. Simple. It wasn't that they came up with some complicated game plan coming out of the second half. It was simple. They ran. Penny right. said they ran the motion offense in the second half. You could see that they were moving constantly, and the focal point was to get the ball down low. It worked, and it worked. You're playing against an an undersized Wichita State team. Uh, Morris Udesi is is their center at six foot eight. You've got a guy in Musa Sise who's six eleven. And although is not very skilled, can finish at the rim. So I love the adjustment. I love the the switch in the game plan. Let's force the ball down low. Let's get open looks down low. If we can, if it's it's like a drive and kick, but instead of drive and kick, they're just dumping it down low. It's simple. It's easy basketball. It's easy points around the basket. Scored on eleven of their first twelve possessions in the second half. Um, and what did they do, Kenny, that we talked about nonstop in the last episode? They finished. They didn't le- they, finished. they didn't leave the yeah. door open. They didn't leave it up to them making mistakes. They kept a significant gap between them and Wichita State through that second half, and that's what they have to do. And I'm not gonna lie, when we went into half when uh when the game went into halftime, six point difference, I was like, mm, Oh boy. Here we go again. Here and we then go again. and they pull away. And then Wichita State, I think they got it back down to nine at one point. And I was like, all right, here we go. Memphis fans are about to uh, absolutely lose it because the debacle is coming. And it never did. So I, I give a lot of credit to this team that hasn't been able to finish this year to finish against one of the top-tier teams in the conference. And not only to finish, but to get away with a 20-point win, to never to never leave it in doubt. And that that's the biggest thing about you know closing out games. Don't leave it in doubt. Don't leave it up to a, a ticky-tacky foul or a technical like in the, in the first Tulsa game. Don't leave it up to chance. Finish the game, close them out, and that's exactly what they did on Thursday night. Basketball is a simple game, Christian. It's a simple game. And if you keep it simple, what's that phrase that the the that business leaders use across the country is kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. And and that that's what the Tigers did in the second half. I remember when uh Dave Yeager was the head coach of the Grizzlies. Uh, he was doing a post game press conference and um they were asking him about some of the sets that the Grizzlies were running. And I think that during the game that that in the post game press conference, the the game that, that he was talking about there was a, there was kind of that stretch where the Grizzlies were going through a rough stretch offensively. They were trying to you know run pick and rolls and 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 weaves and and a lot of split cuts and actions and stuff like that. And Jaeger said at one point, and this really stuck out to me. Um, this is professional basketball coaches, by the way, saying this. He said, "When we need a basket, there's one play that I call. It's four down." You know what the four down play was? No. Everybody get out of the paint, post Zach Randolph up, and let him go to work. And 
it's the simplest play in the world. You pass you pass the ball off to the wing, pass it down to Zach, everybody get out of the way and let him go work. It's simple. And so that's what, you know, that like you were talking about with the game last night against Wichita State. They didn't they weren't running revolutionary stuff. They were working the stuff, they were running stuff that worked and they went they kept going to it and to it. What was interesting to me is you know, we talked about in the last podcast um, about how Landers Nolly had a first half against uh, Tulsa. He had 13 points, was clearly the, the offensive leader um, in the first half, and then came out and the team allowed him to disappear. They allowed him to not take shots. They allowed him to – but if you saw it in the Wichita State game, who was the guy in the first uh, – maybe – four or five possessions of the second half that was effective. It was Musa, and it was one play to Musa. It was the drive down the lane, dump off to Musa because they noticed a trend that, and you're going to have to remind me his name, with the center for Wichita State. Morris Udezi, very aggressive, and that's why this worked. Very a very aggressive defensively, and, and he would come in and try to double team or try to help on the 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 the, the, the guard coming down the lane. And the guard saw it and dumped it off to Musa, and Musa got three or four or five dunks in a row, baskets at the rim, and and so it worked. And and what every time that ball goes through the basket, you could see the confidence level just rising and rising. Like yes, we can make this happen. We can do this. And it wasn't some revolutionary offense that made it happen. It was simple offense. And it show. I've got a couple points I want to make, so I'm going to try not to be too scatterbrained here. But it shows you that something that we've no, we've known and that we've talked about. This team is still young. You know, we say that they played a lot last year. They're still young. They're still young guys, and young guys need to see the ball go through the hoop to gain momentum. Most of the time, sometimes you get rare players that can that can have that inner self momentum, and and just bring it all the time. This team needs to see shot falls to to bring in and to ramp up that you know that energy you saw it when Musa was dominating down low the energy level rose for everybody not not just Musa it rose for everybody because they were seeing shots Absolutely. fall they were having success on offense so with that being said this is something that we've talked about for a while and the and I think a philosophy change could be coming and you can tell me if I'm wrong here but we said for so long we thought for so long that this team would be able to work from the outside in we thought they had players that could open up the floor space the floor to either funnel the ball down lower to get open shots. I think what we saw last night is that this team can work from the inside out and be more successful. Because of a guy like Musa Cisse that, uh, like I said, isn't skilled, isn't very skilled at this level yet, but is so athletic and can out-jump most people that he can get easy buckets down low. And then you pair that with DeAndre Williams, who's nonstop energy, going to go grab rebounds, going to you know mix it up, make things dirty, and do what he can down low. If you start there and work outside and get guys like Lester Quinones, Landers Nolly, DJ Jeffries, who struggled once again, if you can get them open and get them in space, then I think playing from the inside out makes a lot more sense for this team at where they are right now at this point in the season. Well, the ball was in the hands of DeAndre at the top of the key for a lot of the second half. Five assists. And five assists as yeah. a power forward. And I, I texted you in the middle of the game and said, okay, this is in, this is an interesting shift for me because the ball was clearly in his hands and he was making moves. The worst thing that you can do for a, especially in college, man, like 
the guys in college are just, and we have to be honest, they're just not as skilled as you know, big men in college are not as skilled as big men in the NBA. That that's just you've got to be aware of that. Um, so bringing, um, and I forgot his first name, but bringing the power forward out Wade out from inside the paint to where he has to guard DeAndre at the three point line because DeAndre made one. He made a three pointer in this game, and and it and it. It made him go. I've got to respect the fact that he could shoot this shot and make it. So he comes out on DeAndre, and DeAndre is also skilled enough to get around him. Uh, Wade wasn't able to keep his body in front of DeAndre, and and you saw it in the second half. DeAndre is a willing facilitator at that role, but he also can make plays going to the basket. He's got a nice spin move into the lane. I mean, it it, it was a unique. Um, twist to the offense that I thought to myself when I was watching it, I was like, I think this thing could work. Like, I think that this move, bringing DeAndre out to 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 hold the ball, um, to to basically facilitate the ball, could actually be a play that that works moving forward. Yeah, and it certainly did last night. It'll be very interesting to see what they do moving forward. But Kenny, I want to go rapid fire on three players real quick. We've talked about DeAndre and Musa. I've got three players. You might be wondering who the third is. But I'll get to it. So first up is Alex. So we're just going to go back and forth pretty quickly on these because we need to get through this. Um, Alex Lomax, once again, a very impressive game. It, we know that he can be a spark plug on this team. He did it again last night. 12 points. He hit two threes, which is uh, shocking to say the least. Sorry for the for the keep saying shocking. This is shocking. <laughs> this isn't meant. This isn't meant to be a pun, guys. It's just a word I use a lot. Um, so he hits two threes. His first and second of the season. Uh, had success getting down low. Had a really nice fadeaway pull-up jumper from about eight, nine feet away from the rim. Uh, and completely confused the defense on that because they expected him, because we've said this a lot this year, to dive as quick as he could and, and to force a bad layup, but he didn't. He pulled out and hit a nice fall-away jumper, and that, that that's what we need to see from him moving forward. Uh, 12 points, 5 assists, active on the glass, active on the defensive end, did a great job defensively just staying active and staying in people's faces. So great performance for him. Kenny, what would you think about Alex? I'm so I'm so impressed with Alex's last few games. Um, you know, he obviously had a super rough beginning to this year. And so I'm encouraged and I'm happy to see him respond and, and, and be able to be a productive person on the – like – to me, last night in particular, when he wasn't in the game, I got nervous. And when he was in the game, I thought to myself, okay, the ball's going to get to where it needs to go. Um, and so, without a doubt, you know, for me, it was the best game of Alex's year. You know, he had it, it was a great game for him. Um, but, you know, the, the points are, are house money, man. Like, any points that, that, Alex gets you. Yeah. Awesome. It was the the defensive presence. It was the leading the team. It was the the um the assists and and all that 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 was to me like this is what Alex can be. And I was it was just a great game for him. All right, second player Kenny start us off with Landers Nolly. Well, Landers is um Landers is and I think I said this at the beginning of the year. Landers is a bucket, man. Landers can get buckets and um, you know, it, it, it's, it's clear to me that he had another really good first half and then the Tigers kept going to him in the second half, which is exactly what you want to see because he is 
the most consistent offensive threat for the Tigers on their team. And and so him, it's a travesty if he doesn't get the most shots on the team. It's it's not good if he's able to just fall back into the shadows because what he brings to the team is offensive production. There's really not much else that he – like he's a competent defender. He's, you know, he can handle the ball decently well, but he's got to get shots up because he's the guy that can make them. Yeah, and he's also had 14 rebounds over the past two games, so he's helped out a lot on the glass. Um, I I know we've said he's a bucket a lot, and I don't think we can classify him as a bucket getter yet. I think right now he's a microwave. Right now he can get hot. He can easily get hot and clip off shots at a high rate, but he hasn't shown that consistency that you want to see yet. I know he's had games. Last night, 4-5 or five from 3, shot 80% from the three-point line, played very well for the majority of the game. But you need more consistency from him moving forward. He can't just go on a 12-point outburst and then not really score for the rest of the game. So I think the Wichita State game was a great stepping stone. Uh, and as far as his consistency goes, now he just needs to keep building off of that because when he's hot, the offense is going to operate at a higher level. And the third player I want to talk about, I know he didn't make a big offensive impact last night but was incredible on the defensive end of the floor, and that's Lester Quinones. He was tasked with with covering Tyson Etienne for most of the game, uh, second leading scorer in the American, uh, standout sophomore for Wichita State, averaging almost 18 points a game, and he got shut down by Lester Quinones. The water got turned off last night. Yeah, I think I I don't have the stats pulled up, so don't don't uh don't hold my feet to the fire on this one. But I think he was one of twelve against one Memphis. Of 12. Yeah, one of twelve. Mm-hmm. Just could not get anything going offensively, and that's not been the case for him recently. <laughs> He's been on fire in the last several games. I know Morris Udesi won uh conference player of the week last week, but Tyson ETM was probably right behind him. Um, and especially with Altariq Gilbert struggling the way that he has been, Tyson Etienne's had to step up. And Lester Quinones, and we've, we've known this throughout his career, he did it last year. When the other team has a two-guard that can ball, Lester typically steps up to the plate and locks them down, and he did that again against Wichita State. Well, I mean, we saw it last year against Cincinnati with Jared Cumberland. He shut that dude down. And what was interesting to me is, you know – Wichita State fans, anybody who watched that game last night, can look at the box score and go, okay, one for 12, zero for five from three points, uh, from three-pointer, scored three points in 36 minutes, Christian. He played 36 minutes and and made one shot in the entire game. They, like, that's not an, it wasn't an, it wasn't an accident. Like, he, Lester forced him into terrible shots. So it wasn't like he was missing just wide open jumpers or wide open layups he was having Lester was forcing him into terrible shots I mean he was shooting step back fadeaway jumpers from the baseline I mean it was terrible and so man Lester is is the jack of all trades for this team he is the guy that whatever role he needs to play he can play and um and so you know I've said this I think now twice this year that Lester came into this into this program with the reputation of being a knockdown shooter and that reputation has evolved over time and it and it needs to continue to evolve for him like for for us to go this guy is not the the knockdown shooter that we need him to be he is the 
the the the plug whatever whatever you need he can provide he can facilitate the ball he can handle the ball he can guard the best player on the other team um, he'll get you offensive rebounds defensive rebounds um, and 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 when in the flow of the game if he gets a wide open three he will knock it down and and so um, yeah man I was super impressed with Lester and 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 that's the beauty of basketball is that you don't have to score buckets upon buckets upon buckets to make an impact. He literally had one of the biggest impacts in the game and didn't really have like had what was his he scored he five points. Uh, seven, points. seven points. He had seven points. Shot four three pointers, three for eight, thirty five minutes. Um, but I mean he filled the stat line and made an incredible impact on the game just through his defense. So, Kenny, we've spent almost 20 minutes talking about the positives, um, but there still are some things that obviously need to be worked on. This wasn't a one game. We saw everything that needs to be fixed be fixed. Memphis still only scored 25 points in the first half. I think they had maybe 12, 10, 12 turnovers in the first half, uh, played pretty sloppy. Luckily, their defense held Wichita State to 19 points. So talking about some of the negatives and some of the things that this team has to build upon, take that 20 minutes that you just played against Wichita State, probably your best 20 minutes of the year up there with the St. Mary's game, and build on that. This can't just be uh, you know, the high point of the season. This can't be the peak of the roller coaster if you want to have any sustained success. This has to keep going upwards. You have to continue to see an upwards trajectory from this point if you want to build off of this, if you come out against ECU on Sunday and fall flat, and that's a game that they 99% will win just because that's a bad team. But if it's a close game and you only win that game by four or five points and have 20 turnovers and it's real close down the stretch, then you really you really didn't take anything from this Wichita State game. You didn't build on anything from this Wichita State game. So that's what I want to see. You know, We saw 20 minutes of great basketball, and we've seen maybe – if you add the year up, maybe we've seen 60 minutes all year, the two halves against St. Mary's, and then this 20 minutes. So it's been few and far in between for Memphis. So it needs to be sustained from this point on. You need to see consistency. It doesn't have to be perfect at all times. You can still have those ugly halves where you're scrapping back and forth with a good defensive team. That's going to happen. But to be able to come out of that and do like you did against Wichita State in the second half and show that you were the better team on that night, you have to be able to do that again. This can't be a one-off. Um, so that that's the first thing for me is build off of this because you still had an ugly first half. It wasn't a great first half. So you have to take this 20 minutes, look at that 20 minutes, and build off of it. And the second thing, and this is still just so puzzling to me, is DJ Jeffries. It, it, what this team could be if they looked like they did last night and DJ Jeffries was playing – at the at the level that he's able to play, this team could be really good. But DJ Jeffries just has been non-existent for the most part. I mean, he I think he came out and hit a couple of uh, shots in the paint, and then he mit, he missed four or five wide open shots in the paint. Uh, and Dan Dockage was saying on the broadcast, you can't let this guy get inside six or seven feet and take a shot or it's going in. And right after Dan Dockett said that, DJ missed three or four for the rest of the game. Just easy, open shots in the paint where he's almost level with the rim going up. So I don't know what it is. I can't diagnose that. I don't know if it's a if it's a confidence thing, if it's a shots aren't falling thing, if it's a, a you know the wrong place in the offense. I, I can't I can't answer the exact question on what that is. But Memphis needs him to get out of this slump desperately. 
and I don't think it's that hard for him to do because he is such a good scorer and can be such a good scorer. But at the same time, we haven't seen much this year that suggests that he's going to come out of that because uh, I know he opened the Auburn game hot and he opened, I believe, the Tulane game hot. But outside of that, he hasn't really had much you know, sustained success uh, for any reasonable amount of time this year. And that it's concerning because we talk about Landers Nolly and what he brings offensively. Well, I think I think DJ's ceiling is right there, if not higher than Landers Nolly on the offensive end of the floor. It's just something's not clicking for him right now. Well, you know, you said you wanted to see sustain sustained success and and to take and to build off of that second half um, against Wichita State and 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 do it again and replicate that over and over and over again. And this is a question that you've asked Penny Hardaway numerous times. Um, that you know he said it um, that he's willing to do this. We haven't seen it until last night in the second half, and that's just his rotations. You know we've said this from the very beginning of the year. I think it was uh, Brooks said it um, at the beginning of at the end of last year. He said Penny Hardaway's biggest um, biggest struggle or his biggest problem this year is going to be finding his rotations and and sticking with that. At this point, where the Tigers are in the season and how many games they have to run off on to win, to get a good seed in the conference tournament, to potentially be able to win the conference tournament, which is their only way they're going to get to the postseason, um, the NCAA tournament. Um. Game, you can't use games anymore as testing ground for to see if DJ is going to get out of the slump. Yeah. Or to see if Boogie's going to get out of his slump. You saw the starting five Or to see if worked. Malcolm can do it. You saw it, it. You saw 10 minutes. Alex, Lester, Landers, DeAndre, Musa. Those five should play the majority of the minutes moving forward. Absolutely. You, DJ's going to have to prove and Boogie's going to have to prove that they're out of the slump in practice. Like they're going to have to have sustained levels of success in practice before I would even let them touch the floor at this point. Um, obviously you got to bring in some guys, you got to rest your, your, your starting five, but you saw it in the second half as soon, like for the first 12 possessions, the first 10 minutes of the second half, the same starting five was in, it was Alex Lester, Deandre Musa Landers, and they had sustained success for, for the most amount of time that I've seen this year for the Tigers offense specifically. And there was zero, um, there was zero letdown on the defensive side. That's a great defensive lineup. Those those five guys. Um, as soon as they started subbing in, you saw them. You saw Wichita Wichita State start making runs. Defensive defensive rope was let go of a little bit. Um, offense started struggling. DJ turned the ball over three or four times in a row on charges or throwing the ball out and, and, and throwing the ball away, missing layups, boogie, not existent again. These guys, the, the time for trying to get them out of their slump in games is done. And if, if they're not producing, you got to get them out of there. And so, um, you know, I, I don't know what's going on with DJ. I don't know what's going on with boogie. Those guys are some of the most confusing players to me because they are so talented but yet it's just not translating so if you're penny my response would be 
your your number your your minutes are so limited moving forward because you're not producing. Boogie didn't produce. He shot four times in in the ten minutes that he played and made one basket last night. And he's just. I mean, I'm. I, it's just unbelievable to me. So, um, for you, you talked about sustained success. We've seen what lineups are successful. Stick with those lineups. Um, and spell some guys when you can. But I'm telling you, um, I think at this point we have to be out on DJ and Boogie being um, legitimate contributors to this team. At this point, it is what it is. They just are who they are right now. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't think at this point in the season you can risk losing games to manage egos, if that's the problem. If the problem is egos, I don't think you can – I don't think you can risk losing games to manage egos. So that's that's kind of my I don't think it's egos. I don't think it's egos, Christian. I think that it is it is probably more so a frustration of we know what they can be. And so let's get them and let's try to let's let's try to coax it out of them. But at some point, you cannot do that in a game situation. Uh, you know, I don't I, I I genuinely don't think that it's a we're going to lose these guys if they don't play a certain amount of minutes or get a get a certain amount of shots up. I don't think it's that. I think it's legitimately we we know what you can be and so we're going to give you the minutes to try to figure this out. Well, that's done with. Like you don't have the time to do that anymore. Like you cannot risk losses to try to coax what we know can come from these guys when it's just not showing up. And so as a as a coach, I would just say, listen, <laughs> you are who you are right now, and that's okay. Um, there's probably going to be some decisions that need to be made at the end of the year, um, but we've got to go with what's going to help us win. Right now, wins are all that matters, and we know the starting five that can provide those wins. Yep, and I think that's what you have to do as a coach, but we'll see what happens. It should be interesting to see who Penny rolls out there on Sunday against ECU and to see what those rotations look like because – I think I've asked him over the past three or four press conferences, when, when are we going to see it? When is this going to become something we can expect, you know, to see lineups shorten and rotation shorten because they have to be at this point. And as as a coach, as Penny and the rest of the staff, they know, they, they see who's producing and who's not. I mean, they know the game of basketball way better than you and I do. So they, they, they see who's producing and which lineups are producing and which ones aren't. I know they have a lot of analytics. So they, they have those numbers. So let's see. Uh, what they do with that information. But with that being said, Kenny, uh, last thing from me, this is episode 98. We are two away from 100 somehow. I don't know how. So we'll, you, you. we will probably get pretty pretty reminiscent on that episode. Uh, you know, typically when we have a milestone, we get a little sentimental. So don't be surprised if Brooks and Kenny and I get, get sentimental in a couple episodes because it will be our 100th episode um but with that being said head over to gotigers247.com check out all the content we've got on got going on over there uh anything from the wichita state game is there we have all post and pre-game coverage of that uh same thing for east carolina we'll start post-game coverage on that on saturday uh and then have that through sunday night or monday morning we'll have more coverage post-game so whether it's your basketball coverage, football coverage, Jonah and I have been pumping a ton of VIP content into the football offseason threads. Um, so if you're wondering what's going on with Ryan Silverfield and the Tigers, who they're potentially looking at on the transfer market, 
X, Y, Z. There's so many things right now going on with football in January that typically aren't uh, because of the landscape of college football right now. So Jonah and I have you covered on that. Go check that out. Brooks is back on the boards posting VIP information, so we're rolling once again. So if you need any football basketball information revolving around the Memphis Tigers, check that out. Uh, with that being said, Kenny, you got anything else? I'm good. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you're interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis Athletic Program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for a VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.